Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone to episode 23. Ready to go again. Voice coming back, Steve. Yeah, have you, got, you haven't got a cold again, have you? Uh, no, no, no. The cold went after a couple of days, but it left me with a bit croaky. Oh. I was a bit croaky for a while, but that's all returning now. So I'm almost in full voice. Almost full voice, yep. full energy. Yep. After last week's marathon of a show. That was, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was exhausted after that show. I yeah. everyone else was after listening to all that knowledge and information. We're not going to keep it that long this week. Don't worry, everyone. So, uh, how are you, Dad? Well, I'm okay now, as I said. Um, a, yeah. I've, I've been managing to, uh, even though I've had a cold, I've still managed to do little bits and pieces, a few um, things in the pipeline and setting up new projects. It hasn't stopped you from doing your art? No, no, no. no. I, I love have you ever it. not been able to do art because you've been so ill? Or have no. you always kind of gone, no, I'm going to just, I don't care? It's one of, no... It's funny, you you know, with a raging cold and a raging temperature, you still can, um, you know, I mean, obviously there, there are times, one one time I was laid up on my back completely, <laughs> I had middle ear infection, I couldn't do anything then. I that's a bit tricky. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but apart from that, no, I've never been able, I've never been uh, that ill that I couldn't do it. No. Mm. Do you think it helps? Oh, definitely, definitely, yes. Yes. It's healing powers. I think there is a sort of meditative powers with uh, artwork, isn't there? Mm. And get in the zone. You do. Zone out. You forget about how yes. ill you are and things like that. I wonder if anyone's out there has got any stories of things. I'd love to hear if anyone sort of, mm. you know, had to overcome something and they've used mm. art as like a meditation and a way of... Well, i tell you one instance that was um, always stuck in my mind. We had a, a lady called Josie who worked, uh, who was one of my students, and she used to come every week, and she had a arthritis bad in her hands. Oh, no. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And when she came, she used to take her casts off, because she had casts on both hands. Oh, She blimey. took them off to do the artwork, and I said, are you all right? She said, yeah. She said, I, I don't feel anything while I'm doing my artwork. But, of course, as soon as she left, she put them back on again and went back. Oh, my God. So it just shows you how... This this can actually it's mind over matter, Steve. Yeah, yeah. And you you, you kind of as soon as you pick up the pencil, you're in mm. the in the zone. Therapeutic. Yeah, I mm. recommend it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so this week, what I wanted to talk about was reference pictures. We touched upon sort of in previous podcasts about reference right. reference material. Right. Um, but I wanted to go into a bit more detail of how people can get their own reference pictures. Mm. So when you first started out, you mentioned last week that you used to just go around and take pictures. Yes. Tell us more about how you you obviously didn't... You use your mind to create the picture, mm. you know, or adapt an image that you're already looking at. That's right. Um, so when you first started doing art, did you think, all right, okay, I need to get a camera? Or did you already have a camera and you just said, all right, I'm just going to go out and see what I can find? Or did you have places you already wanted to go to? Well, right from the very beginning, I did what I'm sure most people do. They got some calendars and books from the library and just copied because I, I had no intention then of becoming an artist at all. I was just copying like to draw and I mm. used to find subject material. So before I took the photographs, which was more in the professional area than it was in the amateur, 
I know I copied photographs. In fact, a lot of people bring this up to me from time to time, say, how do we stand on the copyright for, you know, well, for like photographs? books yeah. or calendars? Well, last week, uh, I mentioned that, that somebody had pinched somebody's or drew a picture, mm. painted a picture of somebody else's, another famous artist. He was pulled over the coals because it was a direct copy yeah. of what he did. Yeah. Uh, and if you copy somebody else's art, that's slightly different. But mm. if you copy a photograph, a reference photograph, technically the, the picture that you paint is your picture. That becomes your copyright. Right, okay. Because you haven't strictly copied... I mean, you co- if you copied it... it Exactly. We well, haven't taken a photocopy impossible. of it. It's not like you've yes. taken a photocopy. Yes. So you've taken if, your interpretation yes. of the image. Yeah. And it is your interpretation. And that becomes your copyright. So the- theoretically, I don't think... I've never heard of a case where uh, people have been taken to court for that. Mm. Except in the case of Disney, as I've mentioned Yeah, they're before. very, very, they're very s- hot. They're now. hot on that because they don't want their images... Uh, mucked about with. Mm. So calendars and things like that, that's what you started out? Absolutely, and books and references. Just uh, go to the library and just see If you, you were find. to take, if you copied somebody else's picture, I did a Louise Rayner picture some while ago, just to see how it, uh, I, I'd loved her work anyway, Victorian artist again, mm. and I loved her work. And I thought, I wonder what this would look like in pastel pencils, and it came out really well. Mm. But at the bottom, I put Colin Bradley after Louise Rayner. Right. So people knew that it was an original. Oh, yes. it, was a, it was a picture that you'd interpreted. And she wouldn't object. She, she's been long dead, you know. Mm. She was, it's a Victorian artist. And it's the same with Quinton. This Quinton picture that I do, now that's going to be based on a Quinton. That's what I shall say in my blurb but when people see it. Mm. They'll, I'll say this was based on an AR Quinton watercolour. Mm. So okay. it's it's like so it's, it's for that for that kind of stuff you're okay and I suppose you also like you said for commercial gain you know mm. certain pictures and things yeah. like that you're oh not really oh even even then Steve you could copy a photograph uh, when I say copy you could paint a photograph in your interpretation of a photograph and you could sell that picture right for money so that's and okay. not be pulled over the coals because as I said it becomes your copyright yeah you're not using the person's original picture so what made you then go from taking reference material out of calendars books things like that in the library to then going and taking your own pictures ah because natural progression well mainly because i wanted local scenes and uh, you couldn't really get those you know in from calendars and books and so on so i used to take my own pictures of local scenes where were you where were you living at the time where was your in local gravesend. scenes gravesend gravesend so yeah. what what places were around you to take oh those? lots of places mepham green give, give people an idea of uh, what gravesend like because people you know people listen all around the world they don't know what gravesend uh, in kent's like i don't think i want to ex- don't say what Gravesend is like now. Well, Gravesend is not that great. <laughs> but, but back then... The what, surrounding the area of Gravesend, you're right. I mean, Gravesend was on the river. So you had uh, river scenes that you could, you could do. But I tended to go back in time rather than take Gravesend as it is now. Okay. It was as it was then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so when fields, I, kind of old buildings? Mm, what would you do? No, I think, I think when you go outside Gravesend, there's a lot. There's Mepham, Cobham. There's some lots and lots of nice places outside yeah, of surrounding. the town. I wouldn't take... I never did a picture of the town. Gravesend town, no. No, not the town of Gravesend. Uh, gone downhill since I was, you know, 30-odd years ago. It's gone downhill even more now. 
so I wouldn't go. Broadstairs, you see, where we live here is lovely. I mean, we've got a lovely seaside town, and uh, it's a, a pleasure yeah. to paint pictures here. Yeah. So what, you used to take pictures of your surrounding area yes, and get sort of ideas. Yes, we had, like it, it, we had a place called Mepham, which was, had a windmill in it, and uh, they had cricket on the triangle green every yeah. uh, Sunday. That sort of rural scene, which was lovely. Mm. So you primarily used to take pictures of landscapes, right? That's right. Not anything like uh, animals or portraits or anything like that? You used no, to not to start with. Not with watercolour, I didn't, know. I used to just... Animals used to appear in a lot of my pictures. Yeah. And people too. But I used to get those from references. They were never really taken with my, my lens, basically. I used to find, I used to get the, the like, it was, I used to think of it like a stage. You know? Yeah, I used to like say, a there's set, my landscape, a scene. There's my stage now, what can I put in? I used to find lots of interesting people. The, uh, I think I remember doing, a, I think I mentioned last week, uh, I did a cow cut with a couple of, uh, I said Hereford, but they were Frisian cows, actually. I, they were in the picture. Yeah. And I kept them in there. Yeah. But very often, you see, people and animals aren't in the right place. You, know? you have to move them around. Yeah, yeah, you have to sort of shift them a bit. <laughs> yeah. Or make a few up, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I used to do with people and animals. But I never, portraits, no, I never did any portraits at all to start with. Not really until I started with the pastel pencils. Right. And then I went mad and then I was taking photographs. Because it's got to be quite tricky, right? Taking pictures of portraits and animals and things like that. Oh, very. For example, like the the, the animals that you, you've drawn. Mm. Yeah. The animal portraits. Yeah. I, I, how do you get a photo? I know you've said this a few times oh, to me before in right. the past. How hard must it be to get the animal in the right yeah. place, the right position, the right expression, everything to be perfect? It's got to be really tough to get a picture of. It's right? luck, really. Is it? Yeah, a lot of the time. But I, I remember I wanted to do a project for the Artists Illustrators magazine early on, and I went to Howlett Zoo Park and photographed tigers. I did. Quite a, quite a lot of pictures I used to try to photographs, but of course the problem was they've got bars, haven't they? Quite rightly. Oh, I in the way, know. yeah. Yeah, and they didn't let you go in there then. <laughs> well, no, but I took some pictures, really, really good pictures. When I saw them, when I got back home, I saw the pictures. I thought, wow, they're nice. And I decided on one picture particularly that I wanted to do and for the magazine, but I didn't have the name of the tiger. So I actually went back to Howlett's again and I saw them in the office and said, excuse me, and I explained who I was and what I'd done. She said, oh, well, if you can leave me the picture, you know, that you've taken, I'll ask the keeper. You wanted to know the name of the tiger. If you ring me later on, I'll tell you what the name is. So I said, okay, fine. And I did. I rang her later. She said, uh, oh, um, I did. I saw so-and-so and so-and-so, the keeper. And he's a bit perturbed. I said, oh. He said, yes, she said, because he wanted to know how you, how you got into the cage. <laughs> he thought <laughs> I'd actually got into the cage because there was no bars. It wasn't bars. You know that mesh you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd photographed it with a telephoto lens and the, the mesh disappears. You can't see the mesh. It's gone. Right. So you just see... An animal, and he was really perturbed, seemingly that he thought I'd gone into the cage. uh, And I said, "Well, no, 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 I'm not that silly. I didn't get into the (laughs) cage." And I explained to him how I got it. Anyway, the name was Beamer. The name was Beamer, and become quite famous. Why did you 
want the name. I think it's lovely oh. that you've got the name. But why why do you think that's important? Well, it was it was the article that I was writing, and it was quite an important one, you know. Mm. And it was nice for me to say that I went to Howlett's and the Tiger was Beamer, and so on. It was. It was it's it, a nice. It's, uh, a nice it's, touch. it's a bit more of a connection, would you mm. say? You establish mm. that connection more with your subject that's to right. say this is that's and right. his name is. So that that was one it. occasion, but. Uh, I mean, you, you know, the rhino that we got recently, that was your friend. It's a picture, that. it's a great picture of that, yeah. yeah. That was a terrific picture. So, so animals animals in their setting, like the one you took at Howlett's, mm, yes. obviously you can go to a zoo and you can snap away, can't you, right? Yes. But if, you're, if you want to draw your pet, dog, say, yes. that's got to be a tough picture to get. It is. Again, you take lots and lots of pictures. I always tell people, to don't take a photograph on a sunny day. Always use a dullish day. The reason being that you get sharp sunlight, and the sharp sunlight causes a lot of shadow, and that right. creates a real problem. So three-quarter angle to the light source, I used to say. So right. you take a photograph, three-quarter angle to the light source, and just keep taking them over and over and over again. You know, you can whole reel of film. Well, it, it was a whole reel oh. of film. Now it's a... all digital. <laughs> it's yes. all digital. So but you can I used to away. say in those days, a whole reel of film, because you'll get one, maybe you're, if you're lucky, you might get one or two pictures out of that that you could... Really? You know, you can use. Yeah. What's the hardest animal, do you think, to photograph? Are Cats. Cats. Cats, without, really. Without any sh- Dogs obey. You say, shit! And yeah. They sit and Hopefully. they cock their heads and they they pose for you. Cats, they don't want to know. <laughs> you Have say, you ever tried to photograph a cat? Uh, oh, yes. And without real major success, I've got to say. Really? Yes, Tough. Yes, it, anyone, it is hard. Has anyone said, can you take a picture of my cat and draw it? Oh, yes. Yes. But th- usually they supply the photographs for yeah. that. Yeah, and you say, no I, way. You get yes. a good po- photo, yes. then I'll take a picture, then I'll, I'll draw a picture of it. <laughs> That's him. right, yeah. So landscapes, what tips have you got for photographing landscapes then? Because you said about the three-quarter mm. angle of the light source for right. the, for the uh, animal. Well, what about landscapes? Yeah. Well, you've got, with a landscape, you've got a background, a foreground, and middle ground. Middle, you know, yeah. sort of. And what you, you want all three things to have an interest. So what you have is you have a background area like distant hills or trees disappearing into the distance or foliage or whatever. Then you have the sort of middle foreground area that that's got to have all the interest in it, really. Mm. The foreground supplements that quite right. a bit. So if you were doing people, for instance, you wouldn't put them in the foreground. You put them in the, in the middle distance. Okay. Usually, because they're too big and they, they, they command yeah. much of the uh, attention. Picture. Yeah. You know, the little picture I did of um, Quinton. I mean, think about that. I had a cottage there with a little bridge and some you know, foliage, and I wanted to put two little characters in. Now, I thought, well, where can I put them? And I had to put them in the middle distance, because mm. had they gone in the foreground, it would have obscured the painting. Okay. So, so that's, that's one thing so that you can do. Yeah, so, so when you're looking for a landscape picture, when you're you know, looking for the photo, when you're mm. looking for that shot, just have a look through your mm. lens, look, through the, look on your screen, and just check that there's the foreground. Yeah. And it's always take it from, from, from standing position as well. Don't bend down. You always st- stand right. in position only. Uh, you don't want to elevate yourself at all on a, on a landscape. Or, or go further no, down. Because it does, it does, nothing appears natural then. Right, right, I see. And that's another tip. And another tip, uh, which I'm sure most people would already know, the horizon line shouldn't split the, split the uh, picture in the middle. Should it be 
It two should th- either be two thir- the two-third rule, a third sky, two-thirds landscape, yeah. uh, or ground, or whatever you've got, or the other way around. You can have two-thirds two third sky. sky, and, yeah. and right. that's another rule. Okay. It's a very fascinating uh, subject, actually, and I used to love doing it. I, I, very often, I'd get a landscape picture, and I'd crop it to fit how I wanted it I was going to say, so how? So then this moves me on to how you would crop images and things like that. How would you mm. compose an image? You know, um, would you, would you, for example, would you take a picture and you go, that doesn't look quite right, and then you would, mm. you would change it. So you could always take pictures and then adjust them later. You can. It's amazing, actually. It's always a good idea to take a, a picture from perhaps a bit further away than you would intend. And then when you look at the picture, especially nowadays with the photographer being so good, mm. Um, you know, with digital photography and the computers, you can put it on the computer and you can keep crop, 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 crop until you find exactly the position that you want. How did you used to do that back in the day before computers? Oh, it was terrible. Well, same sort of thing, really. I'd take a picture from a distance and then I'd, I'd just crop the photograph. Mm. Well, I'd crop it, I'd, I'd sort of mask it off. You know? Mask it off, mm. yeah, and use that. And the other thing is you make it up. You make a lot of it up. I was going to say... You put things in. That's my next question. How true... Did you... Originally, how true did you stay to the photos that you were looking at? Did no. you straight away go, yeah. I want to make this yeah. my own? Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always yeah. wanted to do that. I always did. That there was never. I never did a picture as it was. No, I always moved things around. Moved things around. Changed things around. Yeah. Because I remember reading that Constable did that. And if it's good enough for him, it was good enough for me. <laughs> And you see another point you mentioned uh, probably a few times over the last few weeks about combining pictures, using taking pictures of lots of different things and putting them all into yes, one that's picture. Right. Yes. How do you do that? How how do you how mm. do you take? Do you say you take a landscape and you think this is a bit boring? I need yes. to put something here. How do you? How does your mind process work with saying what do I put in there? Right. Now I've got to get a picture of that. Right now I'm going to put right. that in there. Well, I tell you, one of the, the most fascinating pictures I ever did was was a picture of Croydon scene and i i took it was a lovely old photograph and i stripped it completely of all the people there was no people in it at all when i when i did it i I looked at it and thought okay i've got my bare canvas this was in drawing form in my drawing my original drawing okay so i had two streets so you drew really interesting uh, buildings and um, it was about 1890 there was, was, wow. was, was the time. But it was old a picture. Photograph. It was a sketch. No, no, it wasn't. It was no, a it, picture. It was an actual a photograph. photograph. Right. An old photograph. And you had that and there was no one in it. Yeah. Right. No, I took them all out. Oh, you took them all out. Yeah. You'd never get a street scene, you know. No, in, I was going to say, that's a very nobody in it, Especially in, it. <laughs> in the middle of the town. No, I got rid of them all. And what I then did, I put 42 people in there. 42? 42 people, yeah. Why did you... Um, what? <laughs> what I did... Now tell I, me you've still got this picture. No, I haven't, unfortunately. Oh, no, 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 no. That went that, that sold many, many years ago. Do another one. But what I did, I loved doing it. It was something I, I used to go through, all the reference books. I think I'd had, I had a chap on a bike. I found a chap on a bike. Because you've got to get people, people... Did you stick it in the 1890s? Oh, yes. So you oh, had yes. to find people of that period. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That must have taken you ages to oh, find 42 different ages. people. It did. How but, big was it? I loved it. Uh, a3, about A3 size. 42 people. Yeah, 42 people. There Tell were us there. about we counted them So how did you find them? Uh, all from, uh, all photographs. I had lots and lots of reference photographs, books. You know, <laughs> they were all, they were all um, in lovely dresses. And I think, you know, I have a couple of people with dresses. It's fun, Steve. Did, did you know? they have all names? Yeah, did you na- and name I had, them a, all? had a knife. I think I had did, a knife. Did you name them all? Oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I didn't do that. I didn't go that far. I know I had a, I had a chap coming out of a pub. Uh, yeah. A, a little worse for the wear. Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave, the drinker. <laughs> <laughs> Always in the boozer. I, I love doing it. It was just something that I loved doing. And, and that probably, that's the kind of thing I used to do. That was, that was something I did completely off my own back. Louise Rayner, again, when she, she picture I did with hers, which was Rin, Windsor, I remember I used all her people. I didn't put any people in. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, she'd put a whole load of people. I, I didn't you wanted even to count keep, them. You just kept them all. And I kept them all. I, couldn't, I didn't mess about with her picture. But is, my own, I would, yeah. Is 42 perhaps too many? Or was it... Was no, it, because okay. some of them are only about uh, two centimetres high, you see. Oh. <laughs> they were a long, long way back. They must have the been other really end of the far. street. Right. <laughs> Somebody looking out of a window. Do you, you, know, do you think mean, there's a limit? There is obviously got to be a limit of how many you can put in. I, I think yes. And I really don't know the answer to say how many you, you just but know there, there is. But definitely not too few. Or do you think, you know, you need to have... Especially on an A3 picture... You need mm. to keep it interesting because where you've got obviously where mm. did you did, on that picture of the forty two did you have any in the foreground or were they all yes. in the middle ground? Uh, they were. I had one because then you've got to split I, up. I did have somebody in the background. foreground. Otherwise, you've got a problem there. If you've got a street scene with nobody in the foreground, you think, well, "What's wrong with me?" You know. Yeah. Uh, didn't I wash this morning or something? Like that yeah. kind of thing. You know, why are they keeping the distance? So you no, know, you've got to you've got to spread them out. Then that's a kind of um, because you're looking at a completely different scene. Uh, a town, a scene in a town. So you, you'd need to very busy kind close. of a very busy picture. It you? was fantastic, and I really wish I had still had it. Uh, well, I wouldn't have had the picture because I sold that through the Croydon uh, Gallery, but I didn't take a photograph of it. Really? Yeah, stupid of me. Did you ever do another picture that had that many people in it? No, that was always your kind of. Well, actually, Pulpero Harbour, Steve, How in our lounge, <laughs> that's got about 150 people in it. It's got a what? Yeah, because I did a, I did a harbour wall. Yeah. You have a look at it when you go down. I, the harbour wall, right? Yeah. I, I've lost count of how many people I, I kept putting them in all along this harbour wall. But they were little dots. They were only little dots. Okay. I don't remember seeing that many people. Uh, I'm going to go, right, you stay here. Yeah, all right. St- uh, I'm going to take a picture of this right, right now on live, right? Okay. You you keep them uh, All right. entertained. Uh, I'll give you a song while I'm there. Okay. Don't uh, sing to them. Oh, really? Oh. Go on then. All right. Well, I, okay, folks. Well, now Steve's disappeared, um, which is very embarrassing because now I'm talking to myself. Well, I'm not strictly talking to myself. I'm talking to you. I hope it doesn't take too long. <laughs> Silly man. Anyway, he really has seriously gone down, folks, so we'll have to wait for him to come back. He'll probably edit what I'm saying out anyway. But this is, uh, i tell you a bit about the picture. I did it in 1986. We were on holiday down there. And I remember I had to take three different pictures to put this together. Because my camera, bear in mind it was one of the old 35mm, I couldn't take the whole thing. So I had to move the camera around. And when I got back, I did a line drawing using all three pictures. And, and it turned out really, really well. It's quite a big picture. And I don't know whether you're going to be able to judge that from uh, what Stephen's going to show you. But I can hear him clomping back up the stairs, so he's got it. Have you got it? Got a couple of pictures, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. You've been entertaining these yes, the yes, listeners. You've yes. been telling jokes. No, no, no. Oh. no. <laughs> good. No, I don't think there's quite... I think you may have exo- over-exaggerated. There's not 150 people in this picture. Isn't there? Uh, there is quite a lot of uh, pi- people. I think I've got a, a good couple of pictures. So... Uh, I have to put that up on Facebook. I'm knackered. 
Well, what you want to do, you know, is is blow that up if you can, because you can do it on, on the screen. Blow it right up so that the, the harbour, um, and you'll see that there are little dots. They don't make any uh, sense whatsoever. No. no. <laughs> they don't make any sense, Can't. but they look good when the, yeah. from a distance. Yeah. It's interesting how you talk about the, the middle ground and the foreground and things like that. Now I'm looking at this picture, I'm looking at it from a different angle, mm. a different viewpoint of what of what is in the middle ground. Mm. Uh, in the foreground, because would you say that the on the left hand side that house is in the foreground? Yes. Now you see, if I had put if I put people in there coming out of that doorway, it would have completely taken your attention away, right? You would. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have gone into the picture then. Yeah, but things like the bush there, or the shrubs, and that that's fine, isn't it? Because yes. they're little things. That's right. This is not making sense to anyone listening. Well, it will. <laughs> when, we'll it will when we put that picture up. But I mean, yeah, so it, it'll be up anyway, won't it? Before we uh, the podcast goes out. No, I'll put it. Otherwise, people wonder what the hell's going on. They're like, "What's this picture?" <laughs> no, I'll put it. I'll put it up on. Um, I'll put it up on Monday. Well, on Monday. Tuesday, okay. people. Right. right, let's move on. Let's move on to some questions. Right. So let's have a look. First one I've got here is from Sandy. It came through Facebook a little while ago. I thought I'd mention it. I have a whole set of Prisma color. Prisma, color, yeah. Prisma color uh, colored pencils, which I purchased about a month ago, and I've just found your artwork, which I love. Is there a way to use Prisma colours instead of instead when I follow your tutorials? Thanks. Uh, well, the, the simple answer to that, unfortunately, is no, you can't, because Prisma colour is like a coloured pencil. It's a very good colour pencil, I've got to say that, but you, it doesn't have the quality that we know and love, where pastel blends into each other, and the pictures that I all produce need that quality. Mm. Being so you can't. Any pr- any coloured pencils, would you say? You can't really not use in, in the, the same not way. in the same way. You'd no. have to work extremely hard. I I suppose I could probably get away with a reasonable representation, but I'd have to work really really hard to. It's not to, easy to work the colours, and you'd have to work them in the right way to no no. You can't you can't put light over dark either with uh, with any of the Prisma colours. You'd have to work the other way around. So yeah, dark, yeah. It's a, okay. You know, it, it, uh, unfortunately, it's just uh, I. Uh, Stick to pastel pencils. Yeah. Okay. The next question is from Tim. A couple of questions. First, what kind of texture does Ingress paper have? Mm. Let's answer that first. Well, the texture's got a, it's got a tooth in it. You've got How would you describe a tooth? A tooth. It's like a, a ridge, a very ridge. fine ridge running a, across or down, depending on which way you're using the paper. Yeah. But it just runs across or down. The Not paper. both ways, one way. And that's uh, the side you use. And that's the one I use. But you can turn it over. On the, the other, other side is just it's a very, very light tooth, but nothing nothing in the same way as... How does it affect? How does it affect it's not the, as good, I'm afraid. It's not good in what sense? It doesn't have the same grip. It doesn't hold the pencil? No, it doesn't grip. blend it? A paper has got to have a grip. You know, you've got to, you've got to, got to feel it going to onto it. the paper, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So the tooth, tooth side. A second, could you do a YouTube video of an undersea scene, possibly a sea life portrait? Yes, I've been asked this quite a few times. Yeah? And I, I would probably put that in the same category as I would the man portrait, you know, we had a little time ago. Mm. It doesn't appeal to me one little bit of doing an undersea picture. Undersea. But having said that, I have seen good ones and they do look nice and it would be a challenge. So I'm not saying never, never, never. Once again, the problem is 
where am I going to get the pictures from? I'd have to. Undersea has got to be a bit tricky, isn't it? Well, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I'm too old for that sort of thing. <laughs> you go to an aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose that's true. You, you don't have, have to, to go do that. scuba diving to get a scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go scuba diving for you. But if anybody's got any pictures out there in podcast land, not of goldfish or catfish or anything, something interesting something like sharks, sharks or some yeah, wild, dolphins. Like... Dolphins would be nice. Yeah. Um, Please let me have them because I, I I wouldn't mind having a crack at it. Have you ne- you've never done one? Have you? Never done one. Never done another no, sea. That'd be a first. Okay, okay, interesting. Right, you've got oh, you've got another question over oh, there. Where yes, have you got yes. your question? Yes, I have. Uh, have I got them? Actually, I've lost. No, it's over here. No, you've got it. Ah, you've got it, Stephen. You gave it to me. You fooled me then, folks. Feedback here. Justine says thanks for another entertaining podcast. I think she was talking about last week. Just yes, to remind you that, oh yes, just to remind you that polar bears and penguins do not belong <laughs> in the same picture with snow-capped mountains. Yeah. They don't live anywhere near each other. No, I know. So your idea of putting penguins and polar bears would have been very interesting. It would have been. because they, Even if penguins and polar bears had uh, lived together, they wouldn't survive, would they? Because the polar no. bears would have eaten them all. They would have done, yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered. No, I, I, when I referred to that, I was being a little bit funny. You know, was, Wait, was, were you? Oh, I was. I was trying to, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Justine. Barbara, I think we've really covered this. Mentioned subject of copyright on last Monday's podcast. I'll oh, be interested right, yes. in your views on copying references, pictures, calendars. That's right. Well, we've yes, kind of yes, that, that sort of prompt. I think we have covered that. Copyright. Don't worry about copyright if you're copying photographs or pictures. Attribute the, to the original artist if you can. If, yeah. if you're taking a something from an original artist's picture, does that go from your own work? Of course. I don't mind people copying my work. At all. In fact, they, and they can sell it as their own. Yeah. I don't really mind that. That's the, that's the big thing with mm. a lot of your pictures. Obviously, you sell them as packs. So people learning. Absolutely. You know, yeah, people yeah. learning. And they sell them in their uh, art shows and to their friends. And they don't have to put my name on it at all. So you can do that, folks. Great. Okay. Well, that uh, wraps up another podcast this week. Not quite as long as last week, but, you know. Very interesting. Good I information, hope. I hope. So, um, that's about it, really. I've worked, there's a few things maybe that I can talk about on the members' site. Uh, the Autumn Mist finishes this weekend, or Saturday, um, just gone from the time this podcast goes live. So we'll be starting the, the mountains, the snow mountains. And the rhino is in full swing now, so people are learning to draw the rhino. And we'll have a couple of other projects as well in the pipeline that we'll, well I t- be... I'll tell you about them next week. I'm setting up a new uh, animal. Are you? Yes, I, I won't reveal what it is at the moment but it's a cracker is it you yeah. haven't even told me yet i know well, i'm not going to either <laughs> it, look, if i'm all gonna these, wait as well if these people out in podcast land have to have cliffhangers you're gonna have one as well but oh, it's a fine. cracker yeah okay. it's a cracker. i look forward to that as much as everyone else does <laughs> okay so thanks everyone for listening if you can if you have the time we'd love you to rate us on itunes uh, give us a rating out of five stars and write a little comment, if you may, because it will boost us up the rankings and get more people noticing us and get some more listeners, which would be lovely. So that's about it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. I'm going to listen back to what you said when I left you now. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you really dropped me in it there. Thanks a lot. It's all right. I'll make you a cup of tea. Oh, oh. Well, that'll make up for it. <laughs> <laughs>